0: Good morning, HSM. Today we are continuing in our series uh, about Advent, and we're going to start off with our scripture. We'll be spending most of our time in Ephesians, so if you can open up your Bibles and open up to Ephesians, and if we could get some people to help pass out some blue Bibles, um, that would be super helpful. We're continuing in this series of Advent because it is the season of Christmas, and i um, Advent, as a little recap, is where we look to what has happened in the past, which is the arrival of Jesus, and we hold that so dear to our hearts, and we hold that with um, honor, and we look forward to his next arrival. Um, So that's what Advent is, and Nikki really helped us out last week um, with an understanding for that. Uh, So now... If you've opened up, we're going to stand in honor of God's word, and I'll read it over us once you get there. <laughs> Go ahead and stand. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, verses 10 through 20. Sorry. Ephesians 6. i wait for you to get there. Okay. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the darkness, against the evil spirits, spiritual forces in the heavens, For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known the boldness, with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains, Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. You guys can have a seat, and I'm going to pray for us as we open up. Go ahead and bow your heads. Lord, I just pray that today you would give me the words and the wisdom to share with these high schoolers. Um, and that you would open everyone's heart to what uh, to the message you want them to hear today God we just praise you for this season of joy and um, as we look forward to, to the second coming of the king Lord uh, with excitement I pray that we would also remember the the first arrival um, and hold that tenderly and with joy Lord we just love you so much and I pray for a blessed day today in your name we pray amen Okay, so when I was 16, like so many of you guys in this room, I worked really hard, and I got my license. And from there, I got my car. And there became this option for me to not necessarily go to the places that I should be at, such as school. Um, I could choose to go to Starbucks instead. And I know some of you probably relate to this. as coffee is like really important to high schoolers, we you know you have homework, all of that stuff. Um, I more and more kind of fell into this I, this temptation to to drive somewhere um, where I was supposed to be, drive to school, but then maybe take a left and head to the coffee shop and and ditch a class. Um, this is the idea of temptation that we we face day to day. It's something that seems kind of harmless, like getting a coffee, maybe skipping a class that really doesn't matter. Um, It's still an example of temptation and that's what we're talking about today. Um, The exact definition of temptation is the desire to do something, especially something unwise or wrong. Um, So we can be tempted to, to quit, compromise, conform, or indulge or many other things, Um, and an example of that is to quit something that's actually good for you and helping you in a lot of ways, or to compromise in a belief that you've been raised in, that your family has instilled in you because you see other people compromising as well. And in the same way, a a temptation to conform when you see your friends doing something that that you want to do, but it goes against what you know is right, um, and you decide to do it anyway or you, you want to decide to do it anyway, um, or to indulge, overindulge in, in food or in comfort. There's so many ways that we do that, and there's this temptation, this desire that we have to do that. So so our point today, we have really good news, and that good news is going to come at the end, which is that eventually we're no longer going to experience this temptation, this desire to do something unwise or wrong but we have to get through kind of the hard part the truth of our our lives here our reality in order to get to that good news so with that we're gonna jump right into our first point which we have to understand before anything um, that temptation is not from God and that's your first point on your fill-in if you guys want to grab a sheet. Um, temptation is not from God. And we really see this in James 1, 13 through 14, and I'll just read that to you. No one who is undergoing trials should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. So although temptation Temptation, well, first, temptation is not a part of God's original design for us. Instead, it's a consequence of the fall um, that we experience. But with that knowledge, God is not oblivious to temptation. He knows it's happening, and in fact, he allows it to happen. He does not make it happen, but he does allow it to happen. Um, And this is exemplified when he sent Jesus uh, down on earth to dwell with us. And in Matthew 4, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So, though he is not the cause, he is with us and wants to offer us a way out. Um, And this leads to our next point. We're going to quickly go to that. Which is that temptation can be faced head-on. Jesus exemplified this when he chose to worship God over Satan. And he chose God over the world um, and so he really set this example that we can take it on and we are equipped and ready. And that's where we, we spend most our time in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Uh, we can look at verse 10. We're going to kind of piece it apart and see what each of those verses means for us. In verse 10, it talks about us being strengthened by the Lord. And with that strength alone, anything can be battled. Jesus in the wilderness, again, simply chose to worship God over Satan and won, and uh, that's because he had the Lord's strength in him, and he could do that. Uh, and just like he does, did, we do as well, which is super awesome. Um, so we're going to go to verse 14, and this is where, uh, yeah, you guys can fill it out off the screen, but we're going to go through most of those. Uh, on verse 16, verse 14, we put on the belt of truth, which is by reading scripture and believing what scripture says about us, we, which is that we are sons and daughters of a king, we can know that we don't need anything. Temptation comes out of a place of desire, um, primarily for worldly things and for um, things that are not of God. Uh, usually. And so when we read scripture and we see that we are the sons and daughters of a king and that we actually don't need anything earthly, um, that temptation kind of subsides. We can take peace in knowing that we actually don't have to give in to that temptation or that desire. And next we go to the second part of verse 14, which is the righteousness that we wear on our chest or the breastplate of righteousness. We have confidence and we want to honor ourselves as we would honor a righteous person. Uh, when you think of someone righteous, you could probably think of Jesus. And we are given this knowledge that Jesus died and imputed his righteousness on us. So in the same way that you would, you would honor somebody who is righteous, honor Jesus, you should honor yourselves as well. And when you do that, you don't want to give in to temptation because that's not honorable. Um, and you can walk with confidence in that. So we'll go to verse 16, which is we take up the shield of faith. Faith that God is with us and he will satisfy every desire or replace any temptation with something beautiful. That doesn't always mean, though, that he's going to take away the temptation. He is okay with you feeling it. Um, you have to endure those trials. But we have faith that if we want that temptation to go away and we pray about it and we, um, we take heart, we have faith that God can actually replace it with something so much bigger, which might be him, but also there's so much beauty that he offers us um, that can be seen in place of that temptation. Um, and then we'll follow along and go to verse 17, which is the helmet of salvation. The reality of our salvation is the hope we cling to, and that, again, is uh, hinting toward, toward our good news. So we'll touch more on that in the third point, but that's something that we can hold on to, and that's the hope that we cling to um, when we're struggling with this. So while saturating our hearts and minds in Scripture, um, as shown in all of the ways above, we are also to pray, and specifically pray at all times in the Spirit, as it says in verse 18. Paul continues this passage by asking that the church would pray for him as well. And so while you are being uplifted in prayer, this piece of scripture is also saying that we should be uplifting others in prayer. We're given leaders, community, accountability partners for this reason exactly. There's so much power in asking for prayer and speaking a need into into reality. Um, And you get to do that for somebody as well which is so sweet and such a big part of why why we are in the Christian faith, why we are in the church. We need those people. We need this. Um, yeah, we value that prayer so much. And with that, when you decide to go to somebody with this uh, problem that you have or Um, yeah, this temptation or sin that you're facing, it can be kind of intimidating because sometimes we have this idea that they're going to judge us or that we're going to scare them, that they haven't heard uh, what we're about to say. But the truth is that you will not scare anybody with your, your truth of what you're facing. They have more than likely experienced it or talked to somebody who has experienced it. Um, so you do not have to fear. And we can look at verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13, uh, which reminds us that there is truly nothing new under the sun, even in temptations. More people can share in the experience. The exact verse says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able But with the temptation, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to bear it. This is such good news for us while here on earth, that we do not have to fear what other people are going to think about our temptations that we face. Um, They are so known to this world. They are so known to everybody that you're around. Uh, So take heart. When you have to confide in somebody, you have to talk to somebody. Do not fear that they're going to they're going to judge you or um, be scared of it. They will, they will jump in and help you, and you will be better for it. So this leads to our third point and our last point, which is, which is the best news um, and ultimately the hope that we have, um, and that is that temptation is not forever. We eventually will not experience it, which is so exciting. While I was writing this message, I was sitting at a cabin, so far from any distraction. I didn't have my phone because there was no service. There really were no people around, um, and it was this sweet moment that I had just with me and Jesus, and maybe you guys have experienced this as well when you're at Hume or with a grandparent's house or um, anywhere that kind of just feels like a sanctuary. You're safe from the world. Um, I imagine that this is a taste of eternity, that these places Just give us a hint of what that's going to look like. In eternity, we're going to be so filled by the presence of God that any temptations will be removed completely. So that is a logistic that just simply shows us in eternity we're not going to experience it, and we can believe that with our whole hearts. But we can also take heart and know that the tempter will be gone. So the logistic of Satan being gone means that there will be no temptation. We look in Revelation 20 and see that Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever. Um, this sounds like a harsh harsh reality, like there's there's kind of no hope for Satan, but that is our hope, which is so exciting and so awesome. And Revelation can be such an intimidating book to read, but one of the beautiful things about it is the, um, just the opposite. So when you just go over to chapter 21, We also, verses 3 through 4, we get an image um, of of the new heaven and new earth that we're going to get to experience, which says, look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. Because God sent his son, Jesus, here on earth to dwell with us and then die a death that he did not deserve. We are going to get to share in this experience, this new heaven and new earth that's going to be beautiful. God's dwelling is going to be among us. He's going to be right here with us. And we are going to be so filled by his glory. Ultimately, there's just this desire in us for more of God while here in the waiting for this new heaven and new earth. And that desire and longing can be displayed through temptation. This shows us that temptation itself is not a sin, but leads to sin, and that's where our problem is. And once we get to a place with no sin, that longing will be filled. The void will be filled, and the truth of that is so much bigger than the temptation we face here on earth— this is the ultimate hope that we cling to this truth is so much bigger than the temptations we face here on earth we will one day live in a place so full of glory that the horrible things of this earth the death the things that cause temptation will no longer exist because they will have passed away Um, and that is something that we really really hold tight to so with that this is a lot of information and so we have two practical ways for you to really hold on to um, and take away from this message that you can combat temptation with. And the first is that you can memorize scripture. And since a young age, if you grow up in the church, you're taught to to memorize scripture, but we're often not told why. Um, and I've even experienced this, and I've caught myself sitting in classes memorizing scripture for classes and kind of being annoyed by it, but I um, uh, there's so much value in it, and Phoebe actually um, put it into perspective for me, and she said that it is your traveling companion. When you memorize scripture directly to combat something that you're facing, direct, like, just connected with temptation, maybe it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13, um, Then when you face that temptation, it comes to your mind. Even when you're in a place that you don't have your Bible or you don't have your phone, you have that piece of scripture in your mind. And once you turn your head to the scripture and you turn your head to that, you no longer are going to think about the temptation. You're going to be so um, in the scripture, in the word of God, that you don't need temptation. This also helps us in our prayer life. Maybe we just need to pray that this would be taken away, that we would, um, we would not face it right now. This would not be the time. Um, and maybe we don't know how to start our prayer. And that's what Scripture can do. We can pray Scripture, and when you have it memorized, it's so valuable, uh, and it's just always accessible when it's in your mind already. And so the second way that I have is to talk to a leader about it or a trusted adult, honestly. But your leaders here are so willing to listen And when you speak something to somebody, when you say it out loud, you become more aware of what is going on in your mind. And there's just so much value in having somebody to hold you accountable. They're going to check in on you and see how you're doing with it. And if you're falling to this temptation or if you're experiencing more sin, then they're going to uplift you and encourage you out of it. And that's exactly what we need. That's why we're given the church. Um, And these adults are equipped and prepared and want to pray for you. So that might look intimidating. uh, And maybe that looks like you pulling your leader aside during a game and missing out a little bit. But... That would be super valuable. Or maybe you text your leader and ask them to coffee and say, "I just really need to talk through this with somebody," and they will be so willing to even just pray for you on the spot. I am sure and continually uplift you in prayer. That's exactly what we're all here for and actually want to do. I think we we can all agree that we are we're praying for that. We want you guys to do that, uh, and that'll just make such a difference in your whole life. You're gonna continually use that. Uh, and so with that, I'm going to invite the worship team up, and we're going to spend some time responding in praise. God is so worthy of our praise, especially as we consider these ideas that God does not tempt us, and he does provide a way out. And also we can praise God that we will not experience temptation forever. This is just such a special truth. So I'm going to ask that you guys stand and as we worship, and I'm going to pray. Pray for us. Pray for Tylee. Dear God, we just praise you for this day. We praise you for the reality that we will not have to experience temptation forever. Thank you that you've given us an eternity to dwell among you, Lord, that we will get to be in your glory for so long, uh, and we will not even experience these uncomfortable feelings, desires of temptation Um, or just the reality of our world we're not going to experience death we're not going to experience any of these these feelings that we just we really don't enjoy Lord I pray for each of these students Lord that they would they would be bold in their temptations and they would be able to face it and uh, and lean into you in it Lord We just thank you so much, and I pray over this time of worship that you would just feel praise. You would be praised. You would be in this room with us. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen.